This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. Here on this Friday, we welcome in Dusty Dvorak, who's joining us now on the hotline. What's up, Dusty? How's your Friday, buddy? What's up, boys? Uh, my Friday is busy but awesome. I'm in beautiful Boston. Um, I don't know if you guys have been here, but this city is sweet. I mean, it is gorgeous. The weather has been awesome. Uh, it should get a little windy and some rain with a little bit of Hurricane Lee coming through. Makes sense a little bit of the outskirts of that, but man, this place is really cool. I had a great meal last night. We've been over at Chestnut uh, Hill today. Uh, doing our interviews with the BC staff. We've got Florida State coming up here in just a little bit and looking forward to uh, our match tomorrow at noon at ABC. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a great uh, day here so far and looking forward to another good day tomorrow. At Boston seems like one of those places, uh, Dusty, because I haven't been. I've been on the outskirts. Um, but everyone tells you how awesome it is, and then when you get there, you're like, yep, kind of lives up to the uh, to the hype that everyone tells you about. It's, yeah, it's beautiful. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. And I guess we just timed it perfect because, as we know, in Oklahoma, the weather got a little milder. But, like, the high today is, like, 68. The low is, like, 68. It's like, oh, my gosh, inject this into my veins. It's, uh, it's an awesome city and one that I will be coming back uh, for pleasure, not for business next time. Have you seen more Celtics gear, Red Sox gear, or Patriots gear since you've been there? Uh, Socks. Socks. I believe the uh, <laughs> Socks were playing uh, the Yankees uh, last night. So uh, a lot of Socks fans talking about uh, like somebody like, hey, would you want to go to Fenway? Which sounds cool, but uh, we did not make our way to Fenway. But I'd say right now the most I've seen is uh, Socks gear. I've not seen much Celtics and just a little bit of Patriots. Um, so I think that might just be the fact that the Yankees sucks right now as well. I saw so much of that. But I'm not a lot of Boston college gear out there. I'd say they're bringing up fourth uh, here for the local sports. We'll talk uh, some of our local games coming up in a bit, but uh, you are getting an opportunity, in my opinion, to see a legit threat for a team to make the playoffs in Florida State. They've been impressive so far. What's been some of your takeaways as you get set to call FSU and uh, Boston College? Yeah, they don't have a lot of holes, Pop. Like, this team is legit. Like, I think that they can win a national championship. Uh, the offensive firepower is pretty well documented. Keon Coleman, I think he might be the best receiver in the country right now. And he's going to be a first-round pick. Jaheim Bell is a matchup problem. And they used him all over the place. In the, in the backfield, in the slot, attached tight end, wing, like just everywhere. And Johnny Wilson is catching the football, which isn't all the time. You know, he's 7-240. And so, I mean, it just kind of says everything he needed to say. And then, you know, it's interesting. Talk about the uh, Boston College coaching staff, and I think Trey Benson's a really good running back. He just raved and raved and raved about it. I think he's one of the best running backs in all of college football. Uh, he's sick, he's powerful. And they've got an offensive line uh, that's really good, too. So, oh, by the way, I didn't mention the quarterback, who currently is number two in the Heisman House. Now, Jordan Travis doesn't have just, like, the biggest arm, but he's got great capability, really good improvisation, and he's smart with the ball. Like, he makes good football decisions because he's been playing for so long. So, offensively, I think they're about as good as anybody. And what really probably impressed me the most, I mean, the film, 
is that their defense, and primarily their defensive line, is so deep. I mean, they got eight to ten guys that even last year when Oklahoma played them, this is not what their defensive line looked like. And it was not just sheer numbers, the amount of guys. Uh, they didn't have this last year. So I think that, you know, in today's football, you've got to be able to – got to have uh, firepower offensively. And I think that forever you need to have quality defensive line. And when you've got, you know, elite type of players like Jared Burst and quality depth in the defensive line, to me that's a recipe for a championship caliber team. And, you know, that's, that's who Florida State is right now. Um, you know, Boston College, not going to sugarcoat it. They've had a struggle out of the gate. I believe this is one of the better teams. We'll see what kind of test this is, but obviously next week, as Florida State goes to Clemson, they get a real test and a real challenge. So I, I, right now they're ranked three. If you wanted to put them at two, I'd have no problem with it. I, could, I think they had three first-place votes, second-place of any team. If you want to say there's one, uh, you know, I could support that argument. I wouldn't put them there, but this is one of the best teams in college football, and a team that we very well might see competing for a national championship like these then. I know that uh, they've still got to play before they meet up next week, but seeing an early line that has Florida State minus three, I, I feel like, uh, barring Clemson making some major improvements in a very short amount of time, I, I would uh, I would love to hammer the Florida State side of that. You and me both. Um, and I'll, after tomorrow, I'll, we'll have had a chance to see both of these teams live. Uh, but going into it, I, I, would, um, I would echo your sentiments there, Colby. I mean, and – no, it will be different. Playing in Death Valley is is a daunting task for anybody, but I'm, I'm with you. Just right now, I think Florida State is deeper. I think offensively it's not even close. Uh, really, in any position room outside of maybe running back, I do think Will Shipley, Phil Moffa might give an edge there, but that's it. Like, I think right now Florida State is a more talented team than a better team. So I'm with you. I actually thought that number may be bigger. And if it opens at three, I'll be intrigued where it goes because I could see a lot of people having a similar mindset as you and I, Colby, and people hammering for state if the line's only a field goal. Uh, Dusty, let's uh, shift to what we're going to see here in uh, Tulsa tomorrow. Uh, you get to this point in the season, and after you get to, to week three, is there something in your mind – in terms of like overall picture of where a team need if they're if they're supposed to be headed in a certain direction, are there certain boxes that you check after you get through week three? You're like, okay, we feel comfortable here, we feel comfortable there, and it, how close is OU on some of those boxes that you check when you watch them? Well, I mean, yeah, I think that you just want to be well rounded, right? I think that you know you just want to make sure that uh, there's not any glaring weaknesses or glaring holes. Uh, vertical passing game is something I've talked to you guys about really every day this week that we, I've, I've talked with you. I, I want to see, I want to see that be a staple and continued, uh, something that's continued all throughout the season. Thing coming in, just you know, eyes really stepping up at wide receiver was a real question mark. And I think a vertical passing game with this offense, it's essential to really make defense truly honor and respect what you're trying to do. You've got, to, you've got to have the ability to take the top off a of defense. I don't think – saw some game one, we saw zero of that in game two. So, I, I still want to see that. I got to tell you, I also want to see the offensive line play better. Uh, I did not think it was a banner day for them against SMU. SMU's got some good players. 
and they've done a nice job with the portal and you know, developing those guys there up front. But, I mean, there was times you go back and watch it, especially from a protection standpoint, they did not protect well. Like, I mean, I walked away from that going, man, there were some players at SMU that probably would be playing in Oklahoma. So I think um, I think that aspect just – this was built as potentially one of the better offensive lines Coach Beatbo's had in a while. Um, Arkansas said I kind of just throw out a window because I, you know, I don't – it's kind of hard to know exactly what you're even evaluating there against that competition. So I think I think that – I think, you know – just the offensive line overall, and I left guard center to me for a couple of areas that I'd like to see a little bit more from. And I think defensively, getting after the quarterback, you know, they, they've really done a great job. I think the linebackers and safeties have played particularly well. Uh, the team has tackled extremely well, especially considered uh, considering how poor they were last year. But I don't think you know creating negative plays which I know, Colby, you've made this point before. Now, that is such an important factor and component of playing defense now. I'd like to see more negative plays created uh, from the defensive line, and primarily getting after the quarterback. I don't think it's been as consistent uh, or as good as I'd like to see it. And, you know, Tulsa should present some opportunities in that regard tomorrow. Obviously, we don't really know what's going to happen at the quarterback spot for Tulsa, uh, but we do know that the the running backs, pretty much all of them, right, that have had opportunities to this point in the season have looked really good. And, you know, I think we're going to get another test of, of how improved that run defense is, which uh, I thought uh, passed with flying colors last week against SMU as we talked about Wednesday. They've been great. No, they've done a really good job. I think that they've been gap sound. I think Danny Stutzman is playing like a, a completely different player. Even Jaron Kanick, when he's in there, uh, Kip Lewis looked good. When It's amazing when guys are in the right position and know how to fit in the defense and you're, you know, you're not overplaying stuff, uh, it, it looks good. And that's what it's like so far. But again, uh, Tulsa's got three backs, all averaging over five yards a carry, but four Watkins, Jackson, they've all also run for over 100 yards this year. So uh, the – the run-to-pass discrepancy, 52 passes on the year for Tulsa, 89 runs. I mean, clearly it's the mark of a, a former offensive lineman, an offensive line coach. Uh, though uh, Coach Spurrier is calling it, I think that, you know, Coach Wilson staple is all over this team. So I, I think that'll hold true tomorrow. I think that they'll continue to try to run the football. And uh, I, I expect Oklahoma to continue to have success stopping the run. Uh, they've been really good through two games. I think that trend continues here in, in game number three. I just The run fit and guys being where they're supposed to has been really good so far. And um, it just seems like overall, year two in the system, there's a better understanding of how all the pieces fit, uh, which has been great to see. Uh we were earlier in the week having conversations just about individuals that have stepped up on, on the defense, and um, there has been a, a bigger collection of those that goes along with how just better overall the defenses look. But I, I want to stick with Stutzman for a moment. So the amount of growth that we've seen from, from Danny so far, um, I think has been pretty impressive, and I wanted your opinion on – I know a lot of that is coaching – 
But so much of that to me is also from an individual standpoint to have the want, desire to continue to get better because you flip on tape of him this year compared to last year, and it's night and day, Dusty. I mean, there were times last year where he looked out of position. He's kind of all over the place. Now, they're better overall as a unit, but uh, the the growth that we've seen from, from Stutzman has been pretty damn impressive, man. Yeah, and, you know, I, I texted Danny this week, and I kind of told him that. told him how proud of him I was, and you could tell the work he's putting in. And um, he's done that all going back to last year. Like, he wants to be a great player. And I know that when Coach Venables got the job, he was really excited about the opportunity. He had a great relationship with Brian Odom. And when he got the opportunity to work with Brent Venables when he came in, he was fired up and excited about it. Last year, I think he was confused. I think it was a step slow. I think he was out of position, like he touched on there. Pop, I, all those things, a very real reality. And to his credit, he put in a lot of work in the offseason. And it wasn't just getting with Schmidt. wasn't just getting bigger, faster, stronger, which he is. But I think the big thing for him was just really, you know, having a great grasp of this defense. And how not just he fits, but everybody. And I thought that was really illustrated over the summer. And, you know, a year ago, he literally didn't know what he was doing. To the summer, he's out there, you know, running practices without the coaches, and he's coaching everybody up. You know, he's running film sessions over the summer in the linebacking room, and he's, you know, being demanding, holding himself as well as other players accountable because he knows how everybody's supposed to fit. So I, I think that, you know, we always focus so much in the offseason on the physical aspects of the game. I really think Danny saw and recognized he had to make big strides in the middle aspects of the game, and that's, that's his work ethic. And it's two games. The, the competition is only going to get better, especially after this Tulsa game, once they get in a big full play. But, man, he sure is off to a great start, and I'm happy for him. He's, he's a great kid, a young man, not a kid, a great young man. And I feel like any time you put in that added work and there's the payoff, Oh, that's sweet stuff, especially in sports. Dusty, we spent weeks leading up to the season talking about the interior defensive line and the number of guys that were going to get opportunities and the number of guys that were uh, flashing in camp. Uh, through two games, Like, how do you see that group and, and who has stood out to you? Well, I think Donalulu, uh, you know, making that move inside, I think that's been good. Uh, I've been happy with what I've seen from him. Um, you know, there have been a lot of bodies that have been out there. Grayson Holton, I think he's just been okay. Um, I, I haven't been blown away. Anything he's done, Lacey, the Notre Dame transfer, he's solid. I'm sure you guys can tell. You know, with Terry out there, he's just got a different body type and body size. Um, but, you know, Kevin Gilliam's done a few good things. Um, I, I can't say that anybody's just really blown me away, if I'm being honest, Colby. Uh, I think Lulu probably has flashed a little bit the most, a little bit leaner, moved a little bit better. Uh, I think the group overall collectively, they've been they've been solid. Um, I thought Isaiah Coe might have a little bit more of an impact. He has, we haven't seen him uh, just a ton. Jordan Kelly, I mean, I think everybody's just kind of been solid. Um, I don't, I, you know, I don't think anybody's just been super dominant. Um, I actually think he ends. I've been happy with what I've seen from the end. I think Trace Ford, though statistically, may not, you know, really jump out at you. I think he's been really good. I think Rondell Bothroyd, especially against the run, has been really stout, really solid. 
Uh, I think that it's pretty clear to me that um, uh, uh, 32, I don't know John Blank right now, uh, is by far the best pass rusher that or they Mason have. Thomas. I want to see him. Yeah, I want to see him continue to get on the field more and more and more in pass rush situations. He's just got a little bit of twitch and a different gear than those other guys. But I, if I'm being honest, I want to see more of that interior. And I think that's what I, you know, when I'm talking about pressure the quarterback and creating negative plays. I don't just want it to be defensive ends. I want it to be those interior guys. And I think that group collectively, they've been solid. I think they can continue to improve and get better. Hey, uh, last one from me, and this is from the from the Tulsa perspective because I've been asked a bunch this week just about how things have gone in general with with Coach Wilson and taking over. Um, from a toughness perspective, Dusty, uh, I think it's been somewhat of an adjustment period, I think, for everyone. Um, you have to have, I think, the right mentality to play, and I think in, in some instances even work under Kevin. And uh, if there's one thing that I know so far is that um, what comes out of his mouth is not BS. He is not going to BS you at all, even if it's in a press conference setting. And I think it's been, I think it's been a, a rather refreshing, honestly, for, for a lot of people around. But you, he is going to cut a toughness groove in you. And if you're not real, he's going to be able to find out and see through that. And, uh, man, I... It, the thing that jumped out to me when watching them at Washington is like, okay, they may be outmanned here. They may, you know, not have quality of depth in one place, but they weren't afraid to step up and, and swing a few times. Like the, the toughness has, has shown so far through the first couple of games, at least to me. Well, you know, that's, that's just a staple of who he is, man. Uh, from the first time I met him in Oklahoma, he came in my freshman year, Cotton Bolt, and she didn't take the job in Kansas. I mean, that's how he was in bold practices with the offensive line. Uh, he's no nonsense, the old school football guy, and he's a former walk-on offensive lineman. I mean, that, that's just kind of, you know, tough, gritty, hardworking. That's who he is, and that's what he's going to demand from his coaching staff. That's what he's going to demand from his players. Uh, I love to hear that you get a, a closer view of all that than I do. Uh, that would have been my gut. That would have been, yeah. you know, what I thought the approach would be. Uh, to hear you say that, I'm not surprised. And I would just say I'd expect more of the same because that's who Kevin Wilson is. And to think or expect you to get anything else from him is, is shame on you. And I think that if you're a Tulsa football fan, that's exactly the kind of guy you want running this program moving forward. And um, I'm fired up for Coach Wilson, and I really do think that Oh, it's going to pay real dividends, especially once they get an American play. I think that they're going to be able to win some games this year. May have to take some wins here with a very, very tough non-conference with Washington, Oklahoma. But I think that, that toughness that you speak of and the, the mindset and culture that Coach Wilson is going to want to create, it, it's going to be conducive to winning football games and, and winning football games the way that I love to see it play. Tough, hard-nosed, in the trenches, and – He's a very demanding guy, always has been, and he always will be. Dusty, good stuff, man. Uh, have a great call. Enjoy Boston, and we'll uh, check in again with you uh, early next week. Can't wait. I'll talk to you guys Monday. How, how many – are we seeing all three quarterbacks tomorrow night? Yes. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's got to be – it's got to be – it's going to go Gunnar Gundy, Garrett Rangel, Alan Bowman, right? Porter? 
It's got to be. It's got to be. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. That that would be the only uh, the only other thing. Like I'm just and there's not a whole lot to say on that. I'm just fascinated to talk to you guys Monday to see if this quarterback situation has started to figure itself out because that that's one thing you know going back to the off season and talking into the season. I would never have thought we'd be talking about a three quarterback platoon system all the way to game number three. And I I am hopeful that we see some separation to help the staff come to a conclusion on who the guy is moving forward in the play. Let's, uh, let's chat about it Monday. Should be a lot of fun, man. Have a great, great weekend. All right, boys. You too. We'll see you. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.